We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. today. Glad to have you back with me again this Tuesday uh, evening or indeed Wednesday morning if you're listening to us on the repeat. One way or the other, delighted to have you back with us again and uh, hope you're all keeping safe and well. Now later on in today's show we're going to be following on in a way from an item we had last Friday on the show where we had Kaylee Foran from Calmast STEM Engagement Centre on chatting to us about this week's uh, National Science Festival and its um, Kilkenny instance, the Kilkenny Science Festival and uh, later on, at, towards the end of the show, we'll have Ashling Kelly from the Kilkenny County Council's Library Service to talk to us about how they're participating in that and other kind of updates related to the library service. Um, before that, uh, we can hear a chat I recorded earlier on with uh, John Paul Phelan, TD Finnegale, of course, um, covering uh, lots of different things, but a couple of announcements about infrastructure investments in cycleways and uh, enabling works for the North Keys development in Waterford. And indeed, short mentions then of ongoing controversies around Leo Radker and Seamus Wolfe, the Supreme Court Justice. So that's John Paul Phelan who will be with us. Um, the pre-recorded chat I had with him earlier on today. But without any further ado, my first item today, I'm uh, delighted to be able to welcome Angela Smith, who's the Chief Executive Officer of an organisation called Dress for Success. And this is following on from a very uh, grabbing or attention grabbing um, headline which was released on a press release on Sunday night to said, which said that from tomorrow, women in Ireland are working for free and it's issued by the Work Equal campaign, um, of which um, Angela Smith and Dress for Success is a part. So, um, good afternoon and welcome to Community Radio Kilkenny City, Angela. Lovely to have you with us. No, thank you very much for having me. Um, so, yeah, the the, uh, the headline, I suppose, is quite a- attention-grabbing. As I say, women working for free, basically, from as and from yesterday. Um, we, we'll get back to what exactly that means in, in, in a couple of minutes. But um, before we, we do that, um, and there's a report that's going with that uh, and underlying that headline, um, could you tell us just a little bit about um, Dress for Success for a minute or two? Sure, of course. So we are Dress for Success, and at our core, we're very much about improving women's in economic independence. So we do this by helping them find their confidence, uh, competence, help them get to a place where they actually want to be, and connecting them with opportunities. So we provide a number of services, so that would include, say, styling advice and provide free workwear, uh, career supports, mentoring programmes, employee workshops and financial education programmes. And all of these services are free to our clients who come from all walks of life and all backgrounds. So over the last two years, we've been able to expand our services outside of Dublin and we've delivered a number of services around the country, 
uh, particularly we worked with the ETB in Kilkenny last year and where we uh, dressed 15 women ready to go back to work preparing for interview and um, it was very satisfying to see the confidence grow even the way they stand and present themselves once they're in that professional workwear and the shoulders go back and you just you know you're giving that rocket fuel to help them go for that interview whether it be for training or for shall we say the job interview we never charge us at our clients for anything any of our services and if the lady gets the job then she comes back to us to get four more outfits free to help her uh, until the and she eventually be able to purchase the items that she wants for herself so that's just a bit, a bit of a, a flavour about dress Addressing a very kind of basic need in a sense. How long have you been on the on the road for Angela with Dress for Success? Success. Now I'm with the, well, the organisation was established in 2011 uh, by Sonia Lennon, who brought it over from the states to Ireland. I'm with the organisation three years, but um, the fact that there was a demand for our services, and I mean we've supported up to 3,000 women to date. We kn- we know there's a need out there, but that's why we have actually moved all our services online, which is great. So that means then we can actually be able to reach a wider group of women. So we have our online consultations with our volunteer stylists, our volunteer career counsellors. And if it's outfits we put together in the boutique, we can actually post those items to the ladies that need them. Yeah, okay. So you've been, you're part of a campaign called um, Work Equal anyway, and it's that campaign that has released this uh, press release I referred to there at the, the top of the show. And really, the, the headline figure, I suppose, under, underlying that is uh, the, from the latest gender pay gap report, which is saying that 14.4% of women are effectively kind of working from nothing because that's the gap um, between um, women and men in relation in relation to to pay. Now, I, I presume there's um, there's a lot of detail uh, underlying that. I'm sure lots of statistical analysis, and uh, we, we could probably spend all day boring our listeners silly by going through the statistical side of it. So we, I think we'll, we'll stay clear of that. But I, I guess the basic message really is that in large swathes of employment situations across Ireland, women are paid less than men um, for doing the same work. Yeah, so just give a little bit of background to the, this campaign. So we established this campaign in 2016, and the aim is really to highlight the workplace gender inequalities and related issues, but develop solutions to address these. So um, every November, we particularly want to set a series of, of activities, of events, uh, including Equal Pay Day uh, this week. And that's the day in which women, as you say, effectively work for nothing relative to men because of the gender pay gap. And the gender pay gap is actually the average hourly wage. That's, that's mm-hmm. women are earning 14.4% less than um, our male colleagues. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, is, you know, there's no absolute, no justification for um, whatsoever. No, and look, exactly. So look, you think of COVID, uh, the sectors that were hit the most, like childcare, education, retail, it tends to be mostly women that are working in these roles uh, and part-time roles at that. So financially, they're probably taking the biggest hit from COVID. Then you sort of ask the question, why are these roles maybe not as valued as other roles. Mm. Mm. Indeed. I was going to ask you, all right, yeah, so the pandemic has, has definitely had a disproportionate um, effect on, on women. Um, the it, it, across, it, leaving, leaving the pandemic aside then for a minute, Angela, like, is, is there yeah. an insight um, from research that's been done as how that kind of um, average hourly pay gap kind of breaks down in particular trades or professions or types of work? I mean, I'm sure there are some kind of workplaces or um, 
uh, work types that, that are pretty much uh, probably a very good in relation to their equality um, status and, and others that may be less so. So what, what sort of insights do you have in relation to that? Well, I don't have now the research to handle, and like I said, I don't want to go... I will uh, look at the details now, but it's a broad rush kind of things, you know. It's, uh, no, it, it's uh, like women can also self-select to pick part-time roles and lower-paid roles, particularly because of childcare issues. Uh, it does take... Like, to balance a career and, and manage small children, it's, uh, it's tough. It's, it's, it's very complicated. Yeah, and, yeah. And with this year, then we took on the issue of homeschooling, as maybe elder care. But the gender pay gap is not the issue; it's just a symptom of the issue mm. of uh, broader quality issues in the workplace. Mm. Mm. So but I we, it's a good way of, of kind of highlighting or kind of opening a discussion. A, it's, really, it's, it's very yeah, much keeping yeah. the comment. We want to keep the conversation moving along and and help make, uh, shall we say, move workplaces to, to a more equal. Uh, I suppose yeah, workplace, true workplace equality. So yeah. we have um, there's a number of activities. So at the moment, we are actually running a series of panel discussions over the, ne- mm-hmm. the next three Thursdays from one to two. They're free. They're national and international speakers um, discussing various themes, and it could be gender stereotypes, flexible working, women in leadership, you know, caring duties, and it's free for anybody who's interested in the whole area. Uh, gender discussion is to log on to www.workequal.ie and it's one to two for the next three Thursdays but we've uh, they've been going extremely well so far uh, which has been fantastic and and get the insight from international point of view and then also then yesterday we would have uh, you would have might have seen a video was launched uh, featuring over 20 TDs and we had uh, Lord Mayor we had uh, a number of shall we say uh, Aroctus members and we have formed or reconvened, I should say, it's an all-party group to really drive this gender equality legislation and policies in the coming years. But it was great that there was such a large representation of, uh, of TVs from all parties, which is fantastic. Yeah, but we're well, also well, conscious well. the pace of change is very, very slow. Yeah, yeah, I can well imagine. And uh, like uh, with with the uh, the the uh, session there with the members of the houses of the Oireachtas, I suppose the obvious place to start to see is is leadership being shown is in in the houses of the Oireachtas um, itself um, in terms of workplace equality. <laughs> like, are you prepared to comment? Yeah. Or is anything you would have said yourselves as a campaigning group to the members of the Oireachtas in relation to their own workplace? No, and uh, no, we we haven't actually. Though it is it is part of our discussions um, and it's discussions that are going on in the background. But look, we're just delighted to have their support. Um, I mean, two ministers of stage have been on to us today to say, look, they want, they've expressed strong interest in supporting our campaign and, and staying involved with the campaign, uh, which is great. And I know then there was, a, say, a councillor in Dunleary who had a motion unanimously passed uh, last night calling for the introduction of maternity and maternity leave for uh, elected representatives at local government level. So there's a lot of stuff very slowly but surely going on in the background. But the main thing is we need to keep the conversation going nationally and, and continue to build partnerships uh, between yeah. policymakers, local authorities, industry, and, and more to, yeah. to, to really achieve true workplace equality. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's, it's probably, uh, like, like a lot of things, it's probably not all a, a negative, Angela, um, I, I presume. I think, I believe, anyway, just looking at some headline stuff on line that we rate reasonably well across the EU in terms of workplace equality. I'm sure there's still plenty more to do. No, no, we do. I know we tend to look at the, the likes of Iceland and 
I suppose Scandinavia is probably seen as probably not saying best in class because they haven't got it all right either or 100% right either for it. but, but we, we can learn from them and find out what worked well and what didn't work so well and have that discussion then here in Ireland with us what is the what can we do um, to I said achieve through workplace equality yeah. what are the barriers <laughs> and just, and just come back then let's to look at the solutions to, to address them Excuse me, Angela. Got a frog in my throat. Um, no worries. The, it does. It does. Uh, I suppose, like maybe it's just me. I'm a man, obviously, and uh, it's something that would ne- it would never have occurred to me that maybe something as basic as um, clothing would be, you know, a major maybe psychological barrier, or on the, on the flip side, an enabler for for women, particularly in terms of getting back into a, a workplace, but. Um, that just Absolutely. shows, of course, my, my, my I mean, gender um, lack of knowledge. So if, you've, so if you've been out of work a while, um, maybe you were made redundant, maybe you took time out, as I said, for childcare or elder care, or now look at the new unemployed that you've been recently let go and there's no sign of your industry maybe opening by any time soon. So uh, you've you sort of dropped out of work, I mean, the phone stops ringing, your networks sort of dry up, and it's, uh, and your confidence just goes down. So that's why it's important to, when they come to us with building up the confidence on the inside and the outside. So by talking to our career counsellors, we're trying to give them that support and build up the confidence internally that I will be able to face that interview, whether it be for as a training or for a job. And then the outer piece is then when our volunteer stylists kick in with their consultations. Um, mm-hmm. I, again, if you haven't worked for a while, you might be even sure what you wear to an interview now. Yeah, so, I mean, so, uh, actually, and also what industry are you going for? Now that we're talking about it, I think now that we're talking about it, sorry to cut across you there, Angela, I'm beginning to, to it's beginning to dawn on me, and like I've, I've been kind of retired a number of years now and just beginning to think um, while you're talking about my own wardrobe and if I had to go back to work in the morning, um, you know, my wardrobe has obviously changed and okay, it's probably a lot different from your kind of, a, maybe kind of a, a woman's wardrobe, but at the same time, you can, I can think now that, now that you say it about how um, how things would have changed and I'd have to look at my wardrobe again and say, my God, could I go back to work with these um, with these clothes? Would I fit in? Would I look okay? Would I look competent enough or would it be suitable or whatever? And yeah, I can I can see right how it would be a major or could be a major barrier or indeed an enabler with, with, with a bit of help and indeed the kind of styling and support for for women that you're you're providing to dress for success. So it sounds like yeah. um, it sounds like like it's been a, a fantastic idea and uh, and something that addressing a very very basic. Know, need. It's a very simple idea. It started yeah. off as that, but then in the last two years, we've expanded to both develop new workshops. We develop mentoring programs where we match our clients, with maybe employees in the corporate world, and they are suddenly meeting somebody who's well networked, well connected, up to date, know the latest language when it comes to. Mm. Mm. recruitment and friends and they can give that support uh, if if there's listeners who are are listening and kind of in that position of kind of feeling that lack of confidence or wanting to get back into the workplace and thinking yeah actually this is something that could really give me a boost how how can they kind of get in touch with you and avail of your services yeah sure just go on to info at dress for success and it's dress for success dublin dot org and and again then if anybody's interested in any of the panel discussions it's And that's for the next three Tuesdays. Um, at, next next you know, three Thursdays. The next three Thursdays, Thursdays, excuse me. One, yeah. Just one to two, next three Thursdays. One to um, two. Yeah, glass, yeah. yeah, no, it's fascinating. Like last week we had the, the winners of the, um, oh, what you call the expedition, the, the scientist expedition there that could take place every January. Oh, and the young two, scientists, the BT young yeah, scientists. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there were yeah. two lads there who, and they won us for doing research on, I, I suppose, 
actually the research, I suppose, five to seven-year-olds, they, at that age, is that the age when you start looking at, okay, their influences and gender, automatically going for the pink toys or the blue toys or whatever. Yeah. That, but that's, yeah. but they, and that's, and they won a, a fantastic award, but it was great insights from the, the from their uh, program and when they discussed it with us last week, so it was incredible. Well, it's been great talking to you, Angela, anyway, and best of luck with um, the events, uh, the continuing um, Work Equal campaign and the events you have organised at the Thursdays, next three Thursdays, 1 to 2 p.m. Exactly, and, uh, and thank you, yeah, people, thank you people so much for the opportunity. You're very, very welcome. Lovely talking to you. Um, take care, Angela. Thanks. Take care of yourself. Good night, Trish. Bye-bye. Bye now. Uh, and that was um, Angela Smith, who's the Chief Executive Officer of charity called Dress for Success Dublin and it's dressforsuccessdublin.org and as she said if you want to email in to inquire about any availing of any of their services you can email into info at dressforsuccessdublin.org or indeed uh, go on to workequal.ie to find out details about um, the, the work, the equality work in the workplace campaign and uh, the events that Angela said that they've organised for the next three Thursdays. By the time we took our first ad break of today's show, uh, do stay with us here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. Uh, text number 086-353-7782. Uh, we'll have Declan Gibbons there in the studio who relayed me the, the messages I'm here in the, the so-called Raidstown studio anyway. But do stay with us. We'll be back in a couple of minutes' time after these. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. You're listening to Kilkenny Today with Morris O'Connor on Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. And welcome back to us here on Kilkenny Today. Delighted to have you with us as per usual. Now, we won't have, as you probably know, well aware by now, given that we're almost uh, reaching the halfway mark in our current six-week pandemic uh, level five lockdown uh, timescale. Uh, we don't have any parish news for you. And of course, we will hope to bring that back uh, as soon as the restrictions ease off to the extent that um, churches do start opening again and have their somewhat approaching their normal um, services happening from from time to time anyway we'll definitely be bringing you back um, parish news but um, none none today anyway none for certainly the next um, three weeks anyway so there you go um, as I mentioned at the top of the show earlier on I caught up with uh, John Paul Phelan Fine Gael TD of course for Carlo Kilkenny and we had a wide-ranging chat covering um, both himself and his current um, health situation and uh, the a couple of recent and uh, very very recent actually uh, announcements regarding um, spending here in uh, the south of the county and indeed the southeast region in general, and uh, following on that with uh, a couple of short mentions of uh, ongoing controversial issues regarding uh, his party leader Leo Varadkar and elsewhere the uh, Golfgate issue surrounding um, Chief or, sorry Supreme Court uh, Justice Seamus Wolf. So let's have a listen to that. John Paul Phelan, um, Finnegal TD, of course, for Carlo Kilkenny. Thanks a million for joining us here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. It's a while since we've been talking to you, and I think um, you've had your own health scares since uh, we were talking to you last. How are you at the moment? I'm very good. Better, Morris, thanks for asking, than I have been for years, to be honest. Um, I'm walking a lot. I'm eating the right things. I'm not smoking, uh, which are all uh, bad habits that I, I would have picked up over the years, but um, I suppose the most important thing, from my point of view, I had a um, genetic weakness, if you like, that the, the the stents have resolved. So after that, it's about me maintaining a reasonably healthy lifestyle, uh, and I'm I'm on the the road to starting that. Whether I can endure it, only time will tell. But actually, it's 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 things are going very well. 
Yeah. Good, good. Glad to hear that. Um, and while we're on the subject of roads to health and stuff, leads neatly in um, a couple of uh, major announcements, really, in relation to the south of the county, Kilkenny and south of, mm-hmm. of your your constituency here. Of course, the, I thought well, I did think I was going to be talking to you just about cycling greenways. Um, mm-hmm. Big announcement there, and then of course the even much larger announcement about the development funding for the the North Keys just having hit the decks. So yeah. certain ma- massive investments coming in to. Um, yeah. the south of the county and indeed I suppose for the southeast in general for the whole region I mean the, the north keys of Waterford um, it's in, obviously in Ferrybank it's mostly nearly all in the in the part of Ferrybank that that is uh, controlled by Waterford local authority but um, obviously it, it has a huge positive impact for the wider region and in particular for South Kilkenny the, the funding announced today um, the, there's um, 80 million euros in total actually four of the projects that it will fund are wholly contained in Kilkenny people who know the Ferrybank area the Belmont Road as we call it is the new Ross Road really um, and there's a link road um, for construction as a result of today's funding announcement from uh, the New Ross Road to the Abbey Road which um, will have the potential to really open up a huge area of Ferrybank for, for housing development um, which is needed now again um, in, into the future but also ease some of the traffic issues that already exist particularly in relation to the Abbey Community College which is the largest secondary school in Kilkenny over a thousand pupils mm. uh, well over a thousand and uh, it, it will get bigger into the future uh, particularly when those housing developments happen the, the other three um, solely Kilkenny based elements of today's funding um, one relates to the Greenway specifically and having more access points the interesting point about the Greenway other than the fact that from a Kilkenny perspective it goes you know, right from Ross Birkin through, through uh, Glenmore, Sleeve and then into Ferrybank uh, is that it goes right through the heart of the North Quay site itself mm-hmm. uh, and one of today's aspects of today's funding announcement is to have as much linkages into the Greenway as possible, particularly in, an, in a Waterford context it will be um, it will be an alternative in terms of people who are commuting into Waterford, whether for work or for other reasons. Uh, and it will link our Greenway with the existing Waterford Greenway, which comes right into Bilbury. Bilbury is where what is now the Waterford Distillery, what used to be the brewery, um, when you're when you're on the bridge and you're it's oh, to your right hand side. Building, yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm. So that I mean, all all of that now will be linked as part of today's announcement. There's also um, a lot of additional funding in relation to parking issues. Because most of, you, you can appreciate what's being spoken about in the North Keys and what is now happening in the North Keys is a commercial centre that is as big as the existing centre of the city of Waterford. Mm-hmm. So it will generate it will generate its own car traffic as well, but also um, they're moving the train station from its existing yeah, location, yeah, yeah, yeah right yeah. at the bridge, into the heart of, of the North Keys as well. For for people who, who are familiar with the, the Ferrybank area, there's been a huge amount of activity in the last the last couple of months in terms of clearing the site uh, and if you can imagine it's 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 the land and the quay between the river shore itself and uh, the ferrybank dual carriageway which becomes fountain street and then the abbey road down towards both um, uh, the Abbey uh, College, Powers Funeral Home, the 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 estates that are down there, and indeed uh, some of the industrial units that are down there. Virtually all of that is is in Waterford. Uh, mm-hmm. But as you said, 
the, the all the works for um, the ancillary works for infrastructure, nearly all of that is is, is in Kilkenny. Mm. So wh- when would you expect to see the, those kind of works um, finished then with the, the funding now being put in place? Are we talking about tail end of 2022 or thereabouts? Or I think earlier? so. Um, at the moment, like we're here now at the at the tail end of 2020, and the site has virtually been cleared. There's still bits that are not that are not finished. Uh, I don't think you know if we're being realistic. I think a two year time frame is is the one to have um, because as I, like what we're dealing with now is 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 just an empty space. Some of it is wharf, if you know what I mean, built yeah. out over the water, uh, but some of it is 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 actually land. But virtually all of it. Has been has been cleared and empty. There's still one or two buildings, CI buildings, that have to be removed. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I think two years is 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 probably as quickly as you could expect to see. Yeah, see I think there's um, yeah possibly there's potential for some fascinating archaeological discoveries down there, as you yes. know, from that being a whole Viking area. But uh, that yeah. be for another day. Just before we leave the the greenways um, subject, John Paul, mm. um, it, it occurred to me when I was thinking about them. This sounds like brilliant uh, ideas to connect up all the existing greenways. But there's another place that I thought of that potentially could have a greenway built along it, and that's the old um, Kilkenny to Castlecomer railway yeah. line. And it would yeah. be ideally suited for and a massive, tremendous link and boost for both the, the city here and indeed and Castle for Castle Comer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the Dunmore Cave as well. As yeah, indeed. The side just, of it, yeah, know. hop, skip and a jump yeah. off it. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And I mean, that I, I know that there's a group um, in Kilkenny and I would have received a few emails about it, um, uh, about trying... The, the issue, some of the issue at least with the Castle Comer line seems to be that all of it pretty much has been taken... Uh, into private ownership that very you know the Ross line that we're talking about now in terms of the South Kilkenny Greenway uh, was I can remember trains running on the new Ross line uh, mm. mostly for industrial purposes but the Castle Comer line has virtually disappeared but that yeah. doesn't mean that doesn't mean that it can't be done um, still the old, some of the old bridges visible along the way yes, as you're driving yeah. up and down yeah. when you're going into Ballyragget I don't know what that bridge is off to the off to the left but there's a, an old humpback bridge which clearly would have been over mm. a, a railway line of mm. some sort um, and again further up towards Castlecomer. I mean I think you're, you're right it has the potential to be a game changer. I was reading statistics only the other day about the numbers of people who come to Ireland for cycling and walking tours. I think um, 15 years ago or even perhaps around the turn of the millennium it was about 100,000 per annum. Last year which is the last proper year it was 1.3 million people visited Ireland to cycle or to walk. Well, hopefully they'll be um, able to come back now and, um, yeah, at least yes, start coming we'll back have, next year so we yes. can uh, get rid of, or at least yeah. manage down the COVID um, exercise. Yes, That'll be yeah. tremendous and uh, more yeah. and more cycle and greenways will be developed. Um, yeah. If you don't mind, we move on a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. John Paul, while we have you. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. the today uh, and uh, around about now are extremely busy uh, times in, in politics. I think maybe by the time listeners get to hear this conversation, um, you're a party leader and good friend, Leave Radcliffe, live out the far side of the motion of um, no confidence. Um, I mean, I could spend hours probably talking to you about these this whole the the, the showmanship that's involved in motions of no confidence mm. because they rarely seem to throw up anything other than 
um, an expected result on the part of mm. the, the people defending those motions. So mm. I don't think we'll even go there. But I mean, well, one thing I suppose that did occur to me again um, the, uh, as a kind of a historical comparison around mm. all of that was um, Leo Varadkar's circumstances that he found himself in and those of um, our, you know, our former constituency um, colleague and very senior member and former commissioner, of course, Phil Hogan, years ago when mm. Phil Hogan had to resign having leaked um, a part of a budget documents coming up to coming up to budget time like how, how would you compare those two and like the circumstances and why might Phil Hogan why did he have to resign and maybe you know Leo Varadkar will essentially I suppose walk away a little mm. bit chastened but otherwise scot-free I think uh, and it's been commented on a few times particularly at the time of Phil Hogan's most recent uh, coverage in the news that um, people accept nowadays a similar breach to the one involving the budget in I think the year was 1995 it was that budget mm. uh, that that wouldn't lead to a resignation um, Leo Varadkar has made mistakes in this um, the, the process of giving information to the NAGP should have been a public one uh, he's acknowledged that but uh, the optics of that were not good um, but equally mm. the, the purpose of it was uh, was a correct purpose in that a lot of doctors, particularly in in our area, in, in both Carlo and Kilkenny and the southeast, would be members of both groups. Um, but some some were only in one or the other. Once the agreement had been had been uh, signed off on by the government that had been negotiated with the IMO, sharing it was the right thing to do. But it should have been done in a very public fashion, not mm. in the fashion in which it was done. Um, the Phil Hogan issue back from 1995. I mean, people often ask now, "This, you know, why did he resign? What was that about?" Because mainly because we see the way budgets happen nowadays. Um, very little of it is announced on budget day. Indeed, everything, indeed. everything yeah, is well known in yeah. advance. You know, and, and yeah. it's the same with the most yeah. recent budget. And as well, then uh, uh, the reference back to Phil Hogan links very neatly mm. into you know the he had to obviously fall on the sword of the impact of the the Golfgate mm. um, issue and. Uh, it, that's still lingering on now with, with Seamus Wolf. Mm. Um, that does seem to be hanging on for quite a while. Are, are you expecting that you might have to be voting on a motion before the Houses of the Oireachtas in relation to Seamus Wolf's continuing on as a Justice of the Supreme Court? It's an unprecedented almost situation. I know there was um, impeachment proceedings brought around the time I was finishing secondary school. I think it was against Judge McCurtain and maybe Judge O'Flaherty, uh, but both proceedings didn't happen because the judges went uh, of their own volition. Um, I don't really want to speculate too much on it, but, but it's, you're right in your question. It, it looks as if we may be heading in the direction of that. Mm. Um, whether it comes to pass or not, um, I don't know. Like It has been the last few hours, even the, the discovery of some of the information that's flowed between the judge and the chief justice is, is truly remarkable, but also, I suppose, a positive thing in that we would never have seen these types of um, correspondence before mm. being published and actually put out there in front of the people. But I wouldn't at all be surprised if... if, if, if and, and if it if, did, then, um, John mm. Paul, just, we'll, we'll leave you with this one, mm. um, just to close on that. If it did come before the Houses of the Oireachtas, is it the kind of um, motion or thing issue that you'd expect that would have a party whip supplied to it or not? I'd be shocked if there was a party whip. I don't think there should be. I mean, it is... It is we've moved on, actually, and it's only in, in the period since... That big break took place in Fine Gael in 2013 over the Protection of Life and Pregnancy Bill. Most issues of 
And this, no, it's a different type of an issue. It's not a conscience per se issue. But, you know, when you're dealing with um, the, the, the judiciary, I do think that the parties should step back and individual members should be entitled to make their own call one way or another. That's mm-hmm. certainly the way I think it, it should be and would be. And well, we'll see. We'll see, I suppose, how that plays out. We're certainly um, between that and all sorts of other things, um, yeah. as the Chinese would have said, living in interesting times. Yes, um, very Thanks a million for joining us, John Paul, no and um, look after yourself. And, uh, thanks, Morris. We'll talk to you again soon. I'll hopefully. be out on the Greenway as soon as possible. OK. You're listening to Kilkenny Today with Morris O'Connor on Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Well, there you go. That was uh, quite interesting. I think a wide-ranging enough uh, conversation we had earlier on with John Paul Phelan today. And uh, in case anybody is wondering, um, at the start of the conversation, I recorded it over Zoom. And of course, I could see John Paul. And uh, my first comment to him was, you're hardly wandering around the houses at the Oireachtas um, dressed like that, are you? Well, in fact, uh, he wasn't. He's an he uh, is availing of a pairing relationship um, in relation uh, during the time of the the Doyle session that's ongoing. That actually was covering that uh, motion of no confidence in Leo Varadkar because he had uh, another um, personal health appointment. And I think we'd all understand that um, looking after one's own health is probably um, more important than what I was referring to earlier on as the kind of choreography around motions of no confidence and the, the votes like that in the Doyle. Uh, so that was that was uh, John Paul feeling anyway. There are plenty of news there and things going on in relation to the development of the greenways um, in down in the south of the county to link up with the existing one that's down there, the Waterford one. And it'll be amazing to see that uh, resource continued on and their lovely resources to have. And ideal in a way when they're following the old tracks of railway lines because. Um, it only occurred to me, I'm a bit of a slow learner in these the, these things, but it only occurred to me when I was down there once cycling part of the Waterford Greenway that this is perfect for uh, walkers or indeed uh, beginner cyclists because uh, being an old railway track, there can't be any steep slopes. Um, so it's an ideal place um, to, to go and walk and very scenic down there too. So I'm sure the um, the, the latest ones have been built, the South Kilkenny Greenway and the new ones that um, John Paul Phelan was talking to us there about uh, will be equally interesting and lovely to be able to enjoy. And uh, indeed, that whole development uh, down around the North Keys in Waterford should be uh, fascinating to see unfold um, as it does. But uh, there definitely seems to be money committed there to starting the ball rolling anyway with... Um, with the uh, basic infrastructure to allow the, the construction and redevelopment of all the uh, residential and retail and uh, office-based uh, development down there in the North Keys and Waterford. So it'll be fascinating to see how that plays out over the next couple of years. Now, we better take another ad break. Um, after the ads, we'll have Ashlyn Kelly from the community, Kilkenny County Council Library Service on to have a chat with us to follow up on the item I did last Friday with Kayleigh Foran from Calamast STEM Engagement Centre about Kilkenny Science Week. So do stay with us and we'll be back with you in just a couple of minutes. We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. You're listening to Kilkenny Today with Morris O'Connor on Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. Oh dear, oh dear, cutting across myself there. My apologies for that. But you are listening to uh, Morris O'Connor on Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM and indeed crkc.ie and our text line as usual, 086-353-7782. Now, I believe uh, holding on to the line and thank you very much for your patience uh, is Ashley Kelly from Kilkenny County Council Library Service. Hi, Ashley, how are you? Hi, Morris. 
Hi, Mike. How are you? Thanks very I'm much for having me on. I'm grand. I was only thinking back to, I think, one of the very first shows I did with um, Community Radio Kilkenny City, Ashley, where I went down to visit you. And uh, we, we started off having a chat outside on the, at the key wall outside yeah. the Carnegie Library there and went in and you were showing me around what was going on. So that's it's quite a while ago. Unfortunately, we're not we're not in that, that stage now where we're hopefully now um, we're doing our best, I suppose, under the, the difficult circumstances to keep keep things moving and keep people happy and keep people reading and, and involved in in some way in the, in the local communities. So, follow on from the item I did last week with uh, Kayleigh Foran from Calmas STEM Engagement Centre. And um, my first question, kind of when, when I heard that we were, we were going to be chatting this afternoon, is, you know, given the pandemic and restrictions and all the rest, how are you actually managing to uh, be a part of the Science Festival this week and, and getting involved in it? Yeah, well, I suppose it's been a challenge, I'll be honest. Um, we had to relook at everything, I suppose, when we were, we were uh, thrown into a quick, a quick lockdown, I suppose, earlier in the year. So we started learning, I suppose, how to do things differently and looking at different ways of reaching out to people and I suppose to some extent you have the option of online and digital and we've had to go a lot down that line an awful lot really um, because our doors are not open and because we can't have groups in so we decided for for Kilkenny Science Festival uh, we were working closely with Camist and we worked on a few different projects that had worked well for us before One one of the projects was project was a fabulous um, I suppose a mathematician called Caroline Ainsley and we had Caroline over here about a year or two ago and she did a fantastic bubbles show and the children just loved it, she makes giant bubbles and she talks to the children all about the science the bubble making so and how to make big bubbles and all the rest so it was very very interesting and we just we had so much interest, it was something we, we decided we'd love to have again, she came over from the UK the last time, so we've actually because I suppose we're getting more used to using Zoom and, and Teams and, and, and all these kind of um, uh, platforms now, we um, are arranged for some of the ASD units in Kilkenny to be offered um, Zoom workshops with Caroline. So on tomorrow morning, we have, I think we have about 15 slots filled with um, ASD units in mainstream schools and some of the specialist schools as well and they're going to sit in they have the ingredients if they want to do a little bubble making workshop but they're going to sit and enjoy a workshop with an absolutely fantastic facilitator all the way from the uk so that's happening tomorrow and um we've, we've i suppose we've reached out like that to our our partners that we would have always worked with like the schools and the family resource centers creches and um the same thing is happening with uh, classes we picked eight schools out of the entire county of Kilkenny and we gave one to every library basically so we went to the partner schools one school from Callan area one from Castlecombe area so we'd have a nice spread and they're going to do a slime workshop so I was out in the car today and Tom our delivery driver was delivering and along with other staff we were delivering out boxes of slime making kits to schools so they're going to have great fun doing that with the camist I I think Kayleigh could actually be doing that one herself Um, so we get yeah, we also were Camus had given us boxes with volcano experiments inside. So they've gone out to family resource centres, the Nina crashes. Now we had a limited number of those available, but the children the idea behind those is they can either do them in the crash or the children can take them home and work on them with families because we're trying to involve I suppose families to, to get to know a little bit more and, and to pique other people's interest in science. So we're doing all of those things and 
as I say, a lot of online stuff, plenty of hands-on stuff, which is brilliant because that's quite difficult when you have when you only have a digital link, I suppose, with people. So plenty of hands-on things for them to do once they get their packs. And I suppose one of my favourite, I suppose, elements of Science Week for us this year is the science of bulbs. So what we're doing with the bulbs is we are, after getting about 100 packs of bulbs, and we are going to give them out now, which will be a limited limited uh, kind of a while, while stocks last thing, but we're going to be delivering some bulbs and some some leaflets on the science of bulbs and growing them to um, the older people that are part of our door-to-door delivery service. So there'll be packs going out with Tom when, when he delivers the, the books to the over 70s. So we'll be sending a few around to each area. So that'll be a lovely project. And it's something nice for people who are trying not to come into the middle of town maybe or they're trying to, to mind themselves or maybe vulnerable people who are in a position that they don't want to be going out and about. So at least they'll have something as well. It's something nice that they can do a little bit of science coming straight to their homes. So that's, that's, I suppose, the bulk of our, our work at the moment. Of course, um, just uh, while we're on the, the bulb subject, I love the idea. Um, what, what sort of flowers are you, have you, are you sending out bulbs or is it kind of tulips, daffodils, the usual it's, kind of um, yeah, it's bluebells? It's daffodils, kind of daffodils and hyacinths, I think, are the two. Uh, I think we couldn't get our hands on crocus bulbs. I think it's not a brilliant time of the year for some bulbs. So we had a def- mainly daffodils and hyacinths are, are going out. And actually, they, we, we kind of had the idea ourselves because we had been given out seeds as part of the door-to-door service at the initial stages of lockdown. We gave out uh, little packets of seeds with everybody's books and, and jars of jam. And they really, people really, really appreciated getting a little, little bit extra, I suppose, and a little free gift. So we thought, you know what, if we could do something like that and link in the science, it'd be brilliant. So yeah. they actually, um, Sheila um, enjoyed. It, kind of thought it was such a good idea that she, she, we organised to get um, materials as well for and, and get them run out through. Carrick-on Shore Library, and they're going through to, through Waterford Libraries as well. I think so. Some of the different, um, some of, I'm not sure who's sending them out now, whether it's through the libraries or not. But the idea of getting the bulbs out, getting them packed, and getting them to people, um, delivered to people, I think it's, it's just a nice, a nice little oh, thing yeah, to do yeah, in times amazing, like this. Amazing idea. Did you did you have to buy them yourselves in the council, uh, Ashling, or from the library budget, or were they donated? Camus, uh, no, Camus have a budget for running the. Um, running the science festival so that the bulbs will come out of that yeah so i mean it was great i mean it, it I, I think it, it was about you know maybe 800 euros they weren't ferociously expensive that covered the three counties for the the areas that we were targeting but it's just such a lovely thing and we just found from our own end i suppose with the seeds from our own end people just loved getting that they were expecting three or four books or magazines or whatever to or, or maybe audio books or that in the in their delivery and when they opened their bag and got a little package of seeds or a little jar of jam um, which we had funded ourselves the last time. It was just a lovely little. It's just a little bit extra for people um, that maybe can't. That maybe aren't in a position to get deliveries or to get to the local libraries themselves. So yeah, when they were yeah, open, lovely, so lovely surprise yeah. and uh, great, great activities. All right, that you're you're party to the, this year in the in the science festival. I think you can't go far wrong with either um, slime or bubbles. Anyway, as far as the children are concerned, <laughs> that's true. Say, there's an, slime for some reason seems to have a never-ending, enduring attraction for children. It's obviously just because it's so tactile and plays to their love for creating mess in a controlled way and colour and all that sort of stuff so brilliant brilliant idea it's it's a fantastic uh, yeah it's a lovely and it's a lovely sensory I suppose project as well but um, I think all the parents will be hoping that the that the slime stays firmly in the school and doesn't doesn't come home (laughs) I think we've all had it at the bottom of the handbag at one time or another so 
yeah. you'll have to issue a, a library disclaimer around that that you're not responsible <laughs> for any damage that's caused by slime. That's it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the, it's um, brilliant. Yeah. And it's great to be able to get out that to get the kids doing hands-on workshops like that. I think it's just so important now because I suppose we're conscious as well in the library service of a very saturated online presence, I suppose, and everything is online. The workshops are online, Zooms and Microsoft Teams, and it's really, it's quite difficult to have other things that pe- that's engaging people outside of that. So we're working on, we're working on a winter program as well, actually, ourselves, which will be out kind of next week. So we'll have a reading challenge for people all over Kilkenny to join in, and we're going to have a lot of different stuff, and there'll be a lot coming out under the government campaigns as well, the Keeping Well campaign, so we'll be involved in that. So um, there's going to be a lot coming, but I suppose it's nice in this instance to be giving people hands-on things that they can that they can do at home. Like one of our yeah. one of the elements of the winter program that we're developing has, um, we, we will have decoration making, Christmas decoration and Christmas card making packs. That the library staff have been working on those for the past while. Um, so we'll have packs that can be sent out to people or, you know, they, they can uh, go out through our door-to-door service to the older people or that people can ring in. We'll, again, we'll have a limited number, but that people can take home, watch a video and uh, or, or follow the instructions and make their own decoration and put their own twist on it. Because I just mm-hmm. think we're really conscious of keeping people engaged, both, I suppose, physically and mm-hmm. mentally. Um, over over the the winter and the long nights, I suppose you know. Yeah, and keeping them keeping them safe as well. So it's kind of the mental health is looked after by having something meaningful to do, and then absolutely, yeah. they're keeping safe. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and there's a few different things I suppose online as well. We we have quite a good if for people who are comfortable going online. We have uh, the e-books and the audio books, the e-magazines in particular for people who are interested in science. Um, we have new scientists. We have astronomy, all about space, National Geographic. Um, BBC Sky at night and those magazines there's absolute loads loads and loads in there through, uh, you can get them through our website once you have your library card you can just get straight, set up straight away download them straight to your phone I, I tend to just like that download them on a Friday night and they're there then and you can tip away at them over the weekend you know instead of spending money maybe on uh, buying magazines or maybe if you can't get out you're missing your, yeah. your favourite cookery magazine or whatever so yeah. it, it, if you can get set up on those things and anyone who's stuck can just ring our library branches or ring their local branch because we've staff there to, to give one-to-one help over the phone with with our online services. So it's just it's it's a great way of people just keeping keeping their brain ticking over, I suppose, and keeping the interest. Your yeah. your mention of uh, when you were talking about the bulbs there, um, I didn't realise you had a, a door-to-door delivery service at all. Ashling, it sounds fantastic. Yeah, that we do. To do that. Is hugely, that, hugely. Did that predate um, the the pandemic coming along? Has that been there for a long time? It's just, it's not something that we had the resources, I suppose, to do before that, but um, it was just something that we were concerned that people, a lot of our older borrowers weren't able to come out, and there, for a lot of people, that, that visit to the library was often, their, maybe their only, um, if they were maybe living at home or living alone, they, they may be, it might have been their only contact with people, you know, for the day, and we often found that it, it was as much nearly a, a chat sometimes as to come in to get the library books, but we really were, were concerned about them, so we, we decided then that we would start delivering, um, offering it out to them, I suppose, and if you're interested, so anyone that's over 70 that is interested in in um, being, being on the list as such should just contact their local library to get the name added. On our own, we were pulling from our own um, computer system, but uh, of course back years ago, no, a lot of people were uncomfortable putting their date of birth on it, so for, for that reason, a lot of people may not have been contacted, but anyone who had given their date of birth and was over the 70 was being pulled, we just had to kind of I suppose pick some age, um, a, a manageable number as well that we could that we could reach on reasonably well. 
So we God, we've I think there's been over two thousand um, books issued out and all, and they're literally what happens is in the Callan area, we'll say which we were doing I think this week um, or the end of last week. Um, Tricia, who works in Callan Library, will pick the books out. She'll select the books for the people. She bundles them up and gets them ready. And Tom, then our driver, comes and collects them. And Tom will will got, literally drive then from house to house, dropping them off there. And um, returns then can come back the same way. So they get about most people are getting about three books or more, depending right, on what right. they're looking for. And I suppose and, um, there's um, I suppose it's just as well that um, I think the last time we were talking, fines are really a thing of the past. So there's no worries about people having to hang on to books for a bit longer than they might otherwise because of the pandemic. Yeah. There's no yeah. worry at all about that. They're gone totally. And I said, really, in the current climate, we're, you know, once we get them back eventually, we'll be fine. You know, yeah, we, we don't sure. expect... Um, we, we, we totally sure. understand that. And, and, like, we're hoping the more people will kind of sign up for that as well, because yeah. membership is yeah. free for everybody. And you can do your membership online now as well, so you, you, yeah. you don't even need to be coming anywhere near a library. Well, no doubt, no doubt you're looking forward to being able to open again at some point in time anyway, Ashling, whenever that is going to be. But uh, we better yeah. leave it uh, with, with that for the moment. Sounds like you're doing a brilliant job and being very creative and uh, taking your place in with the uh, the Science Festival as well, big time. So uh, congratulations to you all and yourselves and your, and your colleagues there in the library service. Um, great service and a deep kind of embedded part of, of the community. It's lovely to be able to uh, give you a bit of airtime every now and again. Nice, lovely talking to you, um, Ashling. Take care. Thanks, Morris. Much appreciated. You're very welcome. Thanks for a million. So that was Ashlyn Kelly from the Kilkenny Library Service uh, talking to us about uh, both how they're reaching out but to older people and indeed younger people and anybody interested in science through either slime or bubbles uh, pitched at the older or younger people, excuse me, or indeed to uh, delivering um, flower bulbs with their their door-to-door delivery service to the over 70s that's all we've time for on today's Kilkenny today lovely to have had you uh, for company for the last hour or so i'm looking forward to another show on friday next but in the meantime do stay safe and stay well and stay with us here on community radio kilkenny city talk to you again soon bye-bye we are community radio kilkenny city 88.7 fm 